0: Well, I don't have a sermon about puppies or kitties. I have both, but I don't have a sermon about them. They may get involved. Who knows? I could hear Mrs. Moore saying amen because her puppies are a pretty big deal. Her puppies hit the puppy lottery. I can tell you that for sure. They won the big time. There's no pups that have it better than those two pups. I can... Guarantee you, I won't even let my dog see their dog. <laughs> uh, they get to expecting too much. <coughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's open up our Bibles today to Revelation 3. You know, uh, it was a, a an amazing week, and sometimes um, we can get away from stuff like that, and uh, and, and I won't say forget, but let it down a little bit. You know, have, you know when, you, when you have a big high, sometimes the next thing can be a big low. Right? And you don't want a big low. No. You want to ride that wave all the way. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Because that, that, uh, that, that's what takes us from faith to faith, from glory to glory. That, that's what brings us to another level in Christ uh, to do more for the kingdom than we've ever done before. You know, it's not just about us increasing when we have the week of increase. It's about God increasing us. Amen? Increasing us in our own lives, but in other people's lives. Increasing our ability for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. The, thing, the things we learned this past week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday night, even Thursday night, if you were here for the great offering, you learned that God's good. Amen? You learned that He's a big God and does big things but every word was significant and, and uh... i couldn't say enough about getting the cds getting the dvds uh, they don't cost a thing i got yeah, quiet everybody knows they don't cost a thing right so you can get them you can get them And i'm sure robert's back there listening to me or whoever's in duplication they're saying dave we gotta make more make more then you know, you don't have to get them here, you can go online. They're all available. Every message. And, and you don't want to miss it because God's a good God and He was He was moving in, in a big way um, to remind us of something that He'd already taught us one time. Amen? What a gracious God we serve. What a gracious God. You know, some, some parents they're like, well, what did you know? You didn't get it the first time. How many times I gotta tell you? Right? No, no, none of y'all like that, right? Sometimes I don't listen well to my wife. (laughs) And she'll say, she'll say, I just said it. And I'll say, I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. And I'll say, besides that, if I didn't hear it, you should be happy to tell me again so that I actually hear it, right? You shouldn't be upset that I didn't listen. You should be happy that I want to hear it, right? Trying to get that good side, right? <laughs> I'm not a scatterbrain because that's a bad confession, but sometimes I think about other things. <sighs> or watch football too intensely. <laughs> Glory to God. When I, when I uh, first came to uh, this church, actually, when it came here, I was already here, and when I came here... Um, I wanted to be a part immediately, you know, and I imagine a bunch of you are like that too. And and I and I got to seeking the Lord. I'm like, what is it that draws me so strongly to this ministry, to the things that are going on in this ministry? And, and He spoke to me one sentence. He said, "They serve me with intensity." And and that that. That, to me, when I heard that, I thought, yeah, that's what I like about it. That's what I like about it. And I thought, yes, indeed, intensity. That's me. And then I got to helping them, and I figured out I wasn't really that intense. (laughs)
1: Right?
0: Right? You know, because you think you're intense until you get into ministry, and especially this ministry, because then you find out that you're not as intense as you thought you were. You're not as extreme. You know, they start saying, we're going to do this and we're going to do it this way. And you're like, well, why can't we do it this way? It's shorter and easier. And why can't we not do that? Because that doesn't sound like fun at all. Huh? None of y'all are like that, right? Look at the scripture here. Let's start with the scripture. Revelation Revelation 3.15. 15 and 16, it says, I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. <laughs> Do you know that God's extreme? Yeah. He is extreme. He's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not lukewarm. He's not a maybe, could be, I'm not sure about it God. That's right. right? You know, people think he is. They think, well, he does this one day, he does that one day. He's, they think he's wishy-washy because religion's taught him that way. He's not a wishy. He is an extreme God, right? And, and and he wants an extreme people, and he puts an extreme spirit in us to be extreme. Amen. He, the Holy Spirit is extreme, right? The, the the people that aren't aren't experiencing the Holy Spirit, they're holding it back. I mean, they're 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 suppressing it, right? If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, then you only got part of the Holy Ghost, right? <laughs> You, got, you could have more Holy Ghost, That's right? right? And more is good, right? If you're intense. But what I find is that so many times God's extremism it does not fit with my lukewarmedness. <laughs> right? Right? Because I like to get lukewarm every now and then. <laughs> Y'all don't do that? <laughs> you, know, you ever heard those people say, you mean we've got to be in faith every day? Yeah, that's how, that's how extreme he is, yeah. right? Hot or cold. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say, well, cold's bad. No, cold's not. He didn't say cold's bad. He wants you extreme. That's right. He wants you hot or cold. He wants you extreme. How many people you ever, how many coffee drinkers I got in here? I'm not a coffee drinker, but I asked my wife about this. Plus, I hear the microwave go off about 75 times. <laughs> that's probably, that's extreme. Probably 7 to 10 times every morning. You know why? Because she likes hot coffee. She, I, I never heard anybody say, hey, I need a nice, lukewarm cup of coffee. <laughs> if you could give me some nice, lukewarm food, right? And, and you notice, nobody really wants something cool. They like it cold, right? right? I, I, do, I do drink cool drinks, yeah. right? I don't like them cool. I like them cold. Yeah. Yeah. I like them really cold. Yeah. And the, the more thirsty I am, the more colder I like them. Yeah. Why? Because i got extreme thirst. I want some extreme relief, right? Right? We are are extreme so much of our life and don't even realize, I remember when I was a little kid, when I told my mom I was hungry, I never just said I was hungry, what were you? You're starving to death, right? You're starving to death. If it was cold outside, mom, I'm freezing to death. We always went to the extreme. It couldn't just be, or, or if it's hot, I'm melting. You're you're not melting. You're not starving to death. Nobody in here is. But we are extreme when we want to be, right? And, And there's no reason for us to be extreme that way when we have an extremely good God, who is a very extreme God, though. He wants us hot or he wants us cold. He wants us to the extreme. He wants us the furthest we can go, the furthest that's in us. He wants all the faith we have. He he wants everything in us to be extreme. Amen? Amen. When when he said, I want you to be hot or cold, right? He didn't say, some of you can cool off. You know, I don't mind if you, I don't mind if if you cool off a little or warm up. He said, no, he didn't say it. And this is extreme because he's saying, I want you hot or cold. And people think that that's just for church. That's just on church day or Bible study day or doing Faith for Life class or when you have to pray, you want to be hot. But when you're done with that, it's it's time to cool down. You know, you'll even hear people. I remember one time somebody started coming to one of our Bible studies. (laughs) Rick will remember this. Actually, Rick's the one that heard it first. Somebody started coming to one of our Bible studies, and when we got into Bible study, we got a little extreme. I'm going to tell you, we didn't just do one; we did one every night. Yeah. And, and then when we got home, I, I'd call and say, "Did you see that?" And you see that? And we talked for another hour about Bible study. We were pretty, we were getting pretty extreme. Why? We were—we were on fire, right? We—we were—we were—we were warm. We—we we were more than warm. We were on fire. But I remember one of the people that came there came to Rick one time. And he was having problems with some of the people he knew. And they said they, the, their, their problem with him was all he wants to do is look at the Word of God right now. That was a problem for them. These you know, <laughs> extreme, extreme, extreme moves towards God. Thank you, Lord. Th- think about what you learned in Week of Increase this week. Every one of those are extreme. Faithfulness is extreme. Amen. The things of God are extreme. He He doesn't want to be second. Right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. God is an extreme God, and it's not because He requires that of you. It's because that is what's required for everything He wants for you. Amen. And and when we play halfway or, or we do things, like play. I'm, I'm in I'm in sports right now. I was thinking of, well, I was thinking about football. When I played football, the only time I ever got hurt was when I wasn't going full speed. The only time I ever got hurt, I was going half speed. That's the only time. And when Because when I'd go full speed, I found not only was I a much better player, right? I went half speed through school all my life, by the way. Half speed's a nice word for it. That's not what my dad and mom called it, <laughs> and my coach definitely didn't call it that. When you went half speed, he didn't call it half speed. But when, when we do things lukewarm, we put ourselves in a place where God can't use us nor help us. You're, you're the, my mom used to say it this way, the most miserable person in the world is someone who has a little bit of Jesus. And and that is so true. When when you're only giving a portion of your life, you really are miserable because you always know there's more, but you're never reaching for it. Amen? You'll never do or accomplish all the things God has for you because you're not willing to give in to extremism. (laughs) God's extreme. Read His Word. Every, I was just looking at Scriptures I pulled because He changed my message this morning when I woke up. And I was looking through just the messages, the, the Scriptures I had for the other message I was going to do, which is a similar message, but every one of them are extreme. I mean, if we just go from the one we're at now, look at verse 16. Let's see how extreme He is. Verse 16. So then because you're lukewarm, He doesn't just say, I'm, I'm against that, right? You know, God rarely just says stuff like, nah, I don't really like that. You know, like when he talks about when God says I hate something, then you better believe God hates it, amen? And if God hates something, we better look at whether we should hate that too, amen? But when he says, I'll spew you out of my mouth, in other words, I can't even have you around. And you know, a lot of people think, well, he just doesn't like it. No, he can't like it. Because it puts you in danger. It puts me in danger. It's not him he's worried about. It's not you being the way he wants you. He's not trying to mold you to fit hit the way he wants you to be. He's trying to to mold you the way you actually do want to be. He knows the best version of you that there can be. He, he absolutely knows what He built you for. He knows what He formed you for. He knows your purposes and your plans. He knows everything about you. And He knows you better than you know you. Amen. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I just can't do that. I can't do all that. God knows you can, so you're only fooling you. That's right. Right? right. He's He's extreme. And, and, and when you say, God, when God says, I want you to do this, and I want you to do it this way, and you say, oh, I don't have time for that. Right? Or, oh, I could never do it that way. Oh, speak in tongues for an hour? Oh, my gosh. I couldn't do that, God. You could. Right? I've, I've heard people that weren't in trouble, they, they had no problems, and they speak in tongues, they, they'd pray for about five minutes. People in trouble, man, you, you find them in their closet for hours. I guess it all depends on what we're going through, on how lukewarm we are, or how or how hot or cold we are. Amen. Isn't that what it says about these very people that he that he was talking to, this very church, in verse 17? He said, "What what was wrong with them? Why why were they lukewarm? Well, because you got money. You're doing okay. You don't have need of anything. So what? You're lukewarm because you're not pressing into me because you think you've got it covered." Well, it's quiet. Well, I know you guys haven't done this. I'm talking about me. I've been here. You guys have not. You've done it right all your life. Look at you. You're all in church on Sunday morning, dressed up and pretty. Huh? Glory to God. Every now and then, when I get up on Sunday morning, I still think, man, i got to put a suit on. Really? Instead of waking up and saying... Oh, what a glorious morning. We're going to church today. Sometimes I have to overcome my flesh and get out of bed. Huh? What's Brother Moore say? All you got to do to be selfish is wake up in the morning? Yeah, sometimes we wake up. Huh? Huh? And uh, Don't get me wrong. I immediately, you know, that's your flesh. It's going to always cry. Right. Why? It, it's lukewarm, and it doesn't like to get hot or cold. Oh, that's too hot. Oh, that's too cold. <laughs> Think about this. If you were actually dealing with the symptoms of a cold, your body overheats, and you feel like you're freezing. Right, And you know what it's doing? It's healing itself. That, 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 your body is going to an extreme hot and extreme cold. Why? It is attacking the sickness that's in it. And it's causing your body to react that way. Why? Because we're created in the image of God. And, and we are extreme beings. Amen? And, 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 but we also have flesh. And so to stay extreme, you have to stay in the Word. Remember what Mrs. Moore was talking about Friday night? She's talking about the lightwood or kindling, really, is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and stoking up that fire, and and the kindling's great, and and it, and it does, it it makes that fire hot for just a short time. But man, when you get the those little those little that lightwood as she called it, and it makes that big wood catch on fire, now you got a fire that's going to keep going, and it's extreme. Not, not only is it heating up the house, it's heating up the house where you're trying to figure out how to cool down the house. Amen? And, and, and those, are, those are ways you stay extreme. The, the thing is, is we have to realize we serve an extreme God. He's looking, at, he's looking for extreme actions and reactions from us. Just like Brother Moore was talking about, how did Jesus react when Peter was trying to get him to feel sorry for himself? Oh, that will never happen to you, Lord. I won't let that happen. You will not go to the cross. This will not happen. And Jesus backed up and said, get behind me, Satan. That's That's an extreme reaction to call one of your best friends on the earth, Satan. Why? Because he knew how important it was at that moment to stop that. Because why? He doesn't have time to feel sorry for himself. He's a man. He's got flesh. And he had the same ability to say, you know what? God, come get me. I'm not doing this. Thank God he didn't choose to do that. Instead, he went ahead and went to the cross. Thank God he said, get thee behind me, Satan, and went a different direction. Amen? We we serve an extreme God. Look at at, uh, John 17. Let's just look at some of his extremisms. John 17:17. 17. 17. He's, this is Jesus praying for people sanctified that word alone is extreme yeah. Yeah. right yeah. you know people don't they, they, we don't want to be because we want to sanctify ourselves minutely not daily not yeah. life <laughs> not with our life don't sanctify my life yeah. there's sometimes where I don't need to be sanctified I, I need to be mean right yeah. Yeah. I need I don't need to be set apart for your work I need to do do something else. Right? Sanctification is a process that works on, and it is an extreme process of separating you out to the work of the Father all the time, making you holy. Amen? And and he says, sanctify them through your truth. God's narrow. One truth. That's extreme. You mean there's only one truth? Yeah, only one truth. That's not popular in the world today because they want our truths. Right. Right? Well, my truth's not the same as your truth. Well, my truth isn't good either because my truth isn't truth. His truth is truth. There's only one truth. There's only one truth. There's only one way. And there's only one way to the Father. That's extreme. Amen? There's only, you know, we read these verses and so many times, it's just like the verse that Karen read this morning. It said, the faithful man will be blessed. Well, we want to take out the faithful out of there. We just want to put, the man will be blessed. Why? Because faithfulness is extreme. Right? That that means I'm going to do whatever God says, whenever he says to do it, exactly how he says to do it. That's that's how the Moors are. And, And my flesh can't stand it. I thank God so much of my flesh has died in the past 16 years. It's amazing. There's parts of Dave laying all over this place. (laughs) I mean, whoa, lost that one. Phew. I should be thinner.
1: (laughs) Right?
0: Because that's how they are. When God tells them to do something, they don't just call and say, we're going to do this. Then they give you specific instruction on how to do it. And that's not instruction on how you could do it. it those, aren't, those aren't kind suggestions. Those are, this is how God said do it. This is how we are going to do it. Amen? Amen. This is important because there's only one way. There's only one truth. There's only one word from God. Yes. He's not going to say, well, here, I want it done this way, but I know Dave works for you, so let's, let's appease him. Let's make him happy and do it this way for just a little while. So, And we do that in church. We're, we're, we're bad about it. And, and see, that's what I love about this church. Some, some of the problems that other people have that we don't because we'll say no. Because we'll say no, and and sometimes you need to say no. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I was talking about Friday night, um, and I and I told Mrs. Moore, I apologized to her actually, because I had done something away way that we'd never done it before, just without thought. I didn't do it purposely, but it still does. It's still unfaithful. And and I said we won't do that again. And I told Cassie, I said Cassie, from now on we go back to exactly the way we did it. because it it kind of became a problem because. I did it the way I wanted to do it. Why? Because there's, well, there was already a way to do it, and it was the way God showed the Moors we do it in this church. And and, and, and it's not a question of did you do it maliciously, where you just, you just didn't want to do it their way. You know, sometimes you might miss it. Sometimes I, let me just rephrase that, sometimes I have missed it. Right? And when I do, it's, it's not time, oh, I missed it, I can never work for them again. I, I'm not extreme, I'm not intense, I can't do this. Huh? That's what the devil wants you to do. You back up and you say, no, this is the way to do it. And you know what you just learned? Their way was right in the first place and you really wanted to do it that way. Right? right. right? Because that's how God showed them this works. There's one truth. There's one way. God speaks a word and says, this is the way. And when you do it, that's that's sanctifying. Why? It separates you even from other churches, other people in the church that won't do it that way. That's right. Our flesh is lukewarm at best. And I'm pretty certain that's how the word cool came up, because we're cool. You want to be cool? Because that's the bottom level of lukewarm. <laughs> well, there's cool and there's warm, and then you can either go cold or you can go hot. Right? We, we want to be hot or cold. See, <laughs> so this is kind of messes with people in general because most of your life in religious tr- religious circles, you've been taught cold's bad. He didn't say cold's bad. He said, I want you to be one of them. He said, I want you to go to the extreme one way or the other. And, they, and neither way, is he saying, is away from him. What if they'd all been cold? He said, I know your works. You are freezing. Wow.
1: <laughs>
0: huh? He might have. We don't know. They weren't freezing. <laughs> we have an extreme God. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. Go to, go to Romans. Romans 10. I like this. Yes. You know, um, God God wants us extreme all the time. Yeah. Because that way we're always in a position to be used. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I noticed when Kim's coffee is in the microwave, she's not using it. Right. You know why? Because it's lukewarm. Right. She doesn't want it right then. It can't be used. But boy, once you microwave it for a few minutes, you can use that coffee again. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. Is that a bad analogy? I don't I don't know coffee. I wouldn't drink it lukewarm. Because there's some people that drink cold coffee now, right? Yeah. I, I just haven't heard anybody that said, I want a good cup of lukewarm. Maybe to the cool side coffee. <laughs> huh? No. And that, you know, but is that would you be happy with a God that was like that? You know, I'm okay if if you serve me sometimes. You know what? It's okay if you serve the devil some other time. And people say, I'm not serving the devil. Well, you're not serving God. (laughs) Right? If you're serving your flesh, and you say, well, I'm not serving the devil, I'm just making myself happy. Huh. (laughs) Not that I've ever known that or would know anything about it. Right? I mean, sometimes you just you go home and your flesh says, "I don't want to do this anymore." <laughs> right? I, I, what do you mean? I got to pray. I got to read my chapter every day. What if I miss it one day? I got to do this. I got to. You don't got to do anything for the kingdom of God. And 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 the quicker we get rid of the got tos, yeah. we'll get we'll we'll be filled with the get tos. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and when you get filled with the get tos, that's a good place to be. We had, a, we had a minister here this past week, and I was out helping park the ministers as they came in, and uh, he was joking around with me, and, and he stopped, and he said, oh, what happened? And I go, what? And he goes, they made you come out here and park cars. And he was joking, <laughs> like I got in trouble, I said, I said, I said, no, I get to come park cars, right? There's, there's no low job in the kingdom of God, right? If you're doing it with intensity, you don't care what you get to do. You care if you don't get to do something. Yeah. Amen. Amen? Did I say go to Romans 10? Yeah. Romans 10, verse 16. Romans 10, 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. God is extreme. He wants you to obey the gospel. That's extreme, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, can we just do it part-time or halfway? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be easier? I mean, because some of this gospel stuff, you know, It's good news on paper, but it's going to cause you to have to do some stuff your flesh ain't going to like. I'll tell you that right now. You know, sometimes for the gospel, you have to come to church two hours early and sing. Huh? Does that ever mess with y'all's flesh? Nah, not you guys. They're so spiritual. Right? And you know what? They've all sang all their life. Why couldn't they just come in and sing? Did you know I actually thought that one time? I'm telling you, lukewarm. My first name was Luke and my second name was warm. I'm telling you, your flesh will think of more ways to get out of putting God first. Why? Because putting God first is the most dangerous thing you can do to the kingdom of darkness. Amen? Amen. And people, they say, wow, I go to Bible study three nights a week, and I do that. Putting God first means putting God first, not just at night, not just those three hours. It means when you wake up in the morning, if you, gotta, if you get to put a suit on, yeah. then you put your flesh under, and you put a suit on. Why? Because you get to. You're getting to do something for the kingdom of God. You don't, it doesn't matter how tired you are. To You don't think about that. Why? Because you're extreme. If it was something your flesh wanted to do, you wouldn't have any problem. Right? I remember when my dad used to take us fishing. Man, I could get up at 5 o'clock just like that. Man, if something wakes me up at 5 o'clock right now, I can find the back of my eyelids pretty quick again, huh? Right? But if it's something you want to do, if it's something that's important to you, uh uh-oh, it's important to you. And that's what God's saying. I want what I have for you, what I have going, to be important yes. to you. Yes. That's when you begin to serve God with intensity. Yes. Yes. Because that's what when his things become your things. Right? And that's when it matters. Uh, what did I say? Romans 10. I never did read a verse, did I? I'm going to, though. Oh, yeah, I started to. Yeah, they haven't obeyed the gospel. So For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? What's God? you got to believe. Right? Yeah, you got to believe. And you know what? If you don't believe, you don't receive. That seems a little narrow. He's God. He can do anything. Why can't we just have it? I don't think you guys like this. You do. You like it. But isn't that a little narrow? I mean, isn't that a little extreme? You know, couldn't, have you, ever, have you guys ever prayed for a miracle just because you knew you didn't have the faith to believe or something? <laughs> you knew God could do a miracle, but you just didn't know if you could muster up the faith to get it done. Lord, I need a miracle. <laughs> right? you, I guess I'm just telling on me because none of y'all seem to have a problem with this. All right? Lord, I just want a miracle. Lord, I, I don't want to do it this way. Give me a miracle. I don't want to go there, I don't want to do that, give me a miracle. Did you know that not wanting to do something is not faith? Right, you can't say, I got faith because I don't want to do this. (laughs) You know, uh, I told people this last Sunday, so I'll tell it again, you don't mind, right? But uh, Kim, you know, this past year went through chemotherapy, and when the doctors gave us the results and said, here's, Here's the options. We didn't go with what the doctors said. We went and prayed. Right? And what I found was us not wanting to do it. Right? Because, you know, chemotherapy's not all that enjoyable, although with the Lord's help it, it can it can be overcome. And with with the Lord's help, it can help. People say, well I didn't you have the faith. I did. I had the faith that he could work through the doctors at this time. Because I also know that we have to believe together. Amen? And that's where our faith was. We talked with the Moors. They said, yeah, you got to go with where your faith is. Why? Because that's what God can work with. That's all that God could work with. Now, if I would have said, you know what? I don't want to do this. We're just going to believe God will take care of it. That's not faith. Why? Because it's prefaced by, I don't want to do this, whether I said it with my mouth or whether that's just what I what thought in my heart, that doesn't make it. But that doesn't make it faith, right. right? It's that's like saying, "Lord, give me a miracle because I really can't believe." <laughs> right? Right. Lord, can't you just do a miracle? Right. Amen. <laughs> it's quiet in here. Did you know God uses doctors yes. all the time? Yes. All the time. Do you know there's a lot of people still here, still well. Because God helped the doctors help them. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with things is when people think they know what they they want to do rather than take the time to believe God for answers. Right, because God's extreme. And he's got one way. And the one way that he works in people's lives is according to their faith. Amen? And that's that's the way he worked in our life in that situation, and in this verse it says in the very next verse it says so then, in fact is look at it in the uh, Young's Literal uh, ten seventeen, says so, so then faith is by the report. In other words, God has a report, he, right? He's saying something, and if you give credence to that report, in other words, if you choose to believe what uh, the truth of what he says over Any other circumstance. It's like salvation. What you're believing is that you're saved because His Word says so. Right? Right? How many people just wake up every day and you feel saved? (laughs) (laughs) Salvation's not a feeling. You don't feel saved. You believe you're saved. Right? (laughs) Because why? Because His report said that if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, that you shall be saved. Right? And you chose to believe that report. And it's a narrow way in and it's extreme because you can only get in that one way. And anything you get, and let me rephrase that, anything we receive from God, anything we receive from His grace will be accessed by believing the report. If, if, if healing in your body is what you need, it's not about how many people you can chase down to pray for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen? Yes. It's not. And, you know, I remember one time years ago, uh, we was back when we were doing Bible studies, and we're, somebody had, that we knew had gotten something that the doctor said was terminal, and I said, man, if I believed that, I'd go to every healing meeting, every healing preacher, every... This is all I knew. And I'm teaching Miles Day. <laughs> we had some good stuff in there too, but this is what. But I'm sitting there thinking, I'd go to every meeting that came near me, every preacher I could, to pray for me, and I, I'd be, I'd find, and and that's not how it comes. Right? That's extreme fear, not extreme faith. Faith comes by believing God's report that says, "By His stripes you were healed." Faith comes by believing. in in the book of James that you can have hands laid on you and you'll you'll recover or you'll receive healing. Amen? Faith, and and as Mrs. Moore said, that's the lowest form of faith and healing, actually. That's for babies. It's a good thing, don't get me wrong. I shouldn't say it's the lowest form. (laughs) It's the youngest form. How about that? How about I stay away from that? People, because, why? Because people get offended, right? Which, they get offended about you saying so that they might be a baby. (laughs) Well, you kind of proved it, didn't you? (laughs) You got offended, (laughs) (laughs) When I get offended, I pretty much know I'm not acting like who I could be acting like. (laughs) Go to John 8, let's get out of that. Run. John 8. 31. In this this situation, there's more Jewish people here than just the ones that believed. But Jesus said to the ones that believed. Right? Now, we could do that in church, but that would be kind of mean and people could get offended. Because I could say, you know, I'm only talking right now to the people who are believing. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's what Jesus said. He did it right there. He said, "I'm talking to the people who believe. If you continue in my word, what? There's only one way. I have to continue in your word. Not not only do you have to have His word, you have to continue in His word. In other words, I, you have to abide. This has to be your dwelling place. You know, when people, when 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 a Adversary, when the adversary comes and say it's sickness or disease, you know what you find is people are so willing to get into the Word. And that's good. They should be. At least they know where to run. But, but what if we were just abiding there already? What, what if we were just abiding there already? And, 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 and that's what Jesus is saying. If you continue in that, you in my Word, you're truly learning from me all the time. There's, and, and you're answering from me and, and you're and you're making your decisions through my word right you''re you're, you're walking in love at that point because love's extreme yeah. right <laughs> love forgives everyone no matter what they did before they did it Amen. right it's patient all the time yep. yeah. right did you know that love never says you know what? I'm patient, but you just wore me thin. Right? Isn't that what your parents used to tell you? You're wearing my patience thin, boy. I think I wore my parents' patience clean out. Right? It didn't wasn't thin. I just rubbed a hole right in it. Alright? But love is extreme patience. It's the patience that always believes you're going to do better. And it'll wait till you do. It's kind. And it will be kind no matter how mad you try to make it. It'll be kind. That's, it's extreme. The things of God are extreme. But they're good extreme. They're not the kind of hot that burns you. They're the kind of hot that keeps you going. They're not the cold that freezes you. They're the kind of cold that helps you. What, whatever you if you need hot or you need cold, he's got it covered. And if you are hot or cold, you got it covered. Amen? Because you're walking in His ways, the way He wants it. And, and, you know, that's one of the things, Mrs. Moore, the verse she said, fan the flame. The verse in Timothy, uh, they said, God, or Paul writing Timothy said, fan the flame of the gift that, that, that's in you. That in other words, if you don't fan the flame, if you don't stir yourself up, you are going to become lukewarm. Right? So, so for us to think, that lukewarmness is not coming for us, you're wrong. Because if you don't put the coffee in the microwave, it's going to be room temperature before you know it. Amen? Amen. (laughs) If you don't do something to your faith, if you don't get a constant, continued uh, access to the Word of God, continued abiding in His Word, in His plan, in His way. In other words... Everything you do requires His Word, His way. See, that's what I didn't like about the Moors doing things the way they did them, because they did them the way God told them to. Right? And your flesh doesn't like that. Right? Because your flesh sees all the other paths. Right? That that you could go and get to the same place. It'd be like me today saying, I want you to go to the landing... But you have to go down the strip. Everybody slashed it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> can't, can't I go this way? And you know what's even worse? You know how many people would still not go down the strip <laughs> because they don't want to, and that's lukewarmness. God says, "I want you to know, I'm the way, the truth." and the life. I want you to do it this way. I want you to to be in faith. I want you to believe this way. I want you to have these things. I want you to always do this. I mean he uses the word always a lot. How how often do you think always is? Yeah, seems like it's all the time. Right? Maybe if I always went to bed in the Spirit I'd always wake up not in the flesh. Maybe you still have to clear your throat in the morning. (laughs) Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. You won't know a truth. You You won't be trying to find out what God thinks. If if you do it this way, if you go to the extreme, to abiding in my word, doing things the way I ask, if you go to that extreme, you will always know the truth. That's Brother Moore kept saying over and over, what will the truth do? What will the truth do? It will make you free. It, It makes you into somebody you weren't. The truth makes you free. Without the truth, you'll never be free. Right? People say, ah, you know what, I don't believe everything. I'm like, well, <laughs> then that's the area you're not free in. Right. <laughs> right? You know, when we only want to give parts and pieces of our life to God, then parts and pieces of God's all you get. Right. And and you know, parts and pieces of God just don't work sometimes. Why? Because it takes all of God. Yep. Right? It takes all that He is. To, make, to, to give you life and life abundantly. Yeah. He, he exerted all that he was through Jesus Christ. Yeah. He, he didn't hold one thing back because he's extreme. That's what he does. You know, I don't even know why I got two pages of notes. Three pages, actually. Because we're, we're almost to the last verse on this page. Amen? Glory to God. God, God wants our whole life. He wants us to be extreme. When he he takes a week to teach us on some of the things that we were taught on last week, what he's literally saying is, you didn't get it the first time. Brother Moore told us that. So here, let let me fan that little bitty fire that you got going at that time and see if I can make a flame start. See if I I can bring this back up in you and, and help you to understand it. Why? Because he's extremely kind. He's extremely merciful. He's extremely good. And he loves you extreme amounts. Yes. And he knows that everything that was taught in, in that series was called Abounding Ability, That where he actually taught that. And so if you want to get that, you can get it too. Go online. It's it, Download it for no charge. Abounding Ability. I went back and started listening to it after he taught Monday night's message. And I thought, wow, it is the very same thing. Wow. Which means I didn't remember Abounding Ability, right? <laughs> Somehow or another, I got lukewarm to abounding ability. Why would you get lukewarm to abounding ability? That sounds really good, right? Abounding ability. But if we just settle into, yeah, wasn't that good? Man, that brother Moore was on fire tonight. And then we go home. And we turn on the news. And we start complaining about all the stuff that's not happening and we want to happen and who isn't doing this and who isn't doing that and right, then we start cooling off, yeah. right, <laughs> but when we abide in his word, what happens is everything you see, you begin to see through his word, and, and you begin to see it through love, and you begin to see people on the TV, and you're like, oh man, they need Jesus, right, and, and you pray for them right there in front of your TV, weird, huh, yeah, just happens just like that, and, and you do things according to God's rule instead of according to your flesh's rule. And, and you begin to come out of these things that your flesh wants. And, and, and what you're really doing is you're leaving parts of you back there and you're allowing God to work through you and before you. Amen? Because you're becoming extreme. Because only an extreme person would sit and pray for people on the TV. <laughs> and why would you do that? Because you got Scripture to do that. It says pray for all men everywhere. Right? doesn't even say you got to know them. It just says you can do it. What it what what, what you what it does say is that you must have love in you or he wouldn't ask you to do it. 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourself. What? That's very unfleshy. <laughs> Humbling yourself. Alright? What? You mean i got to humble myself and just do it God's way all the time? Yeah. And, and you know what he used as an example of humbling yourself? You know, a lot of people think humbling yourself, oh, I'm just nothing, I'm nobody. God, I'm, just, I'm down here and you're up here, and, and, and I'm, I'm just a worm, and, and I, I, you know, I don't deserve anything. And I don't. That's not humbling yourself, that's talking bad about yourself. If my daughter did that, I'd say, stop talking that way about yourself. And that's probably what God says. He's like, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. All <laughs>
1: right?
0: Here's the example he gives. Go to the next verse. How do you humble yourself? Oh, everything that bothers you or that worries you or that you care about, cast that on me. Everything, every care, cast that on me. That's his example of humbling yourself. Why? Because he's saying, I'll take care of you. See, we don't want that. right? <laughs> Our flesh doesn't want that. We say we do, but then we take the care on. Why? Because we don't trust him because he's extreme. He says you got to trust. In other words, he said cast all your care. Amen. He didn't say cast part of your care. Cast all your care. So the part you keep is the part he don't got. That's right? right? right. And, and the part you keep is the part you're worrying about, the part you're trying to take care of. And, and, and that's our flesh by nature wants to... I mean, what's, what's a little kid, one of the first things they do when, when they're little and you try to re- grab their hand to cross the road? Nope. Why? Because they're too big for that. Right? We don't want to be too big for God. If He wants to take, grab your hand and help you cross the road, then by golly, grab hold of that unchanging hand and walk across that road. Because guess what? You're going to get there with Him. That's His example of being extreme. I want you to be extreme. I don't want part of your cares. I want all of them. I'll take care of you. Why? Because I care for you. Amen? Amen? Amen. He's a good God. And And He wants to do these things. He wants us to become extreme in this same way so that He can use us in extreme situations. That's, that's, that's what he's training you to do is to be extreme amen look at uh, look at first uh, or second Timothy we'll just read the we'll read the verse that misses more. First Timothy 1:6 or second Timothy 1:6. Second Timothy I know the difference between one and two. <laughs> Don't help me Yep. <laughs> no. That's how Ramsey used to say it. Ramsey, you want to do this now? Good thing she grew out of that. I might not have been the dad that gave her everything. Once she figured out I was, the nose got a long ways away. Thank you, Lord. For this reason, uh, look at it in the NIV. <clears throat> for this reason, I remind you, What for what reason? Because I know what's in you. I know what was put in you. You know, parents, I'll say this. You need, we need to do this with our kids. We need to trust in what's in them. Yes. And instead of telling them they're not doing it right, say, hey, fan that flame. Or you fan the flame for them. You're a parent. You still can. <laughs> while, while they're young, you can still fan the flame for them. You can help them fan their own flame. But you know what? Always telling your kids what they're supposed to do and what they... You know what? They can only take so much correction. I won't get off on this very far, but one time God told me, he said, the reason that your daughter doesn't want to see you right now is because every time she sees you, you're correcting her about something. I'm like, well, yeah, but God, she's doing... He's like, what if I did that to you? I'm like, oh, okay then. So we quit that. You know, because they can only take what they can hear right then. Right? And if you'll talk to them... Did you know that if you'll just sit on the floor and talk to your kids sometimes that your kids will talk back? I've had Ramsey correct herself so many times that after she does it, she goes, oh oh my. Yeah, if you you just talk to them, they'll get to where they need to be. And sometimes you gotta pull them back from going over the cliff. But, But sometimes we need to talk, right? Not give your opinion, let them talk. That was popular. (laughs) <laughs> for this reason i remind you don't get me wrong it's the mercy of god that ramsey turned out the way she did. i only had one shot <laughs> but i'm thankful for some of the things he showed me how to do and i did work with other kids that lived in our house that weren't nearly as talkative as her and sometimes you got to spend hours just sitting there with them hoping they would talk amen glory to god um, where was I? 2 uh, Timothy 1. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. In other words, the, the gift of God's not just going to stay uh, a bonfire. It's going to require effort on our part at all times if you want to remain on fire for the things of God and using those gifts. So many gifts that are in us are, are, could be used every day if we would take and look the, for the opportunities to use them. And I'm not not talking about walking into the grocery store and saying, ooh, I've got a word of wisdom for you. Extreme weird is not God. Extreme weird is just scary. But on the other hand, if God does stop you in the middle of the road and say, go into that place, there's somebody that needs help, he'll do that. But they'll be ready to receive that help. We still, get, we still get letters and people that come to us. Uh, my mom used to do that, she, and, and we didn't even know it. Yeah. She'd be driving down the road. We, we talked to a lady not long ago. She said, I just want, to tell, just want to say thank you. I didn't know your mom passed away, but I found out later she did. And one day, I didn't even know her, and she stopped and came and knocked on my door and told me God said to stop and, and tell her they loved her. You know Nothing profound, but just that somebody would do that. But you know what? Your, your flame's got to be pretty hot to do that because yeah. Yeah. my lukewarmness would have said, you want me to stop on this road and go to this house where these people don't know me and tell them that God told me to. That can't be God. That's just too weird. <laughs> Sometimes he'll just have you give something extra at a tip or... Or smile when you, nobody else will smile. We had one lady say, you guys are the first people we had all day that smiled. Recently. On the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. We're going to go on. Thank you, Lord. Look at 2 Timothy 4. This is extreme. Do you know that God wants us to bear fruit all the time, he expects more out of us than he expected out of the trees and the plants that he put in the earth. They only have to bear fruit in their season, right? right? <laughs> it's this, you know. If you want apples, you got to wait for apple season, right? You can't just you can't just have apples all the time. They, they get to bear fruit in their season. Second Timothy four verse two. <clears throat> Paul writes to Timothy, says, "Preach the word. When?" In season and out. Why? Because God's extreme. This world needs an extreme God because there's extreme bad happening. There's extreme lukewarmness all over the place. Is that a word? It just sounds good. It's very professor-like, I think. Huh? There is all over the place people hurting. And if you have... Oh, sorry, I'm not in season today. Now, if you'll come by... In two months, I should be in season. I'll have some word in me. What's he saying? You've got to be abiding in me all the time so that you'll be ready to be extreme when the extreme situation comes. I want you to be in season and out of season. I want you to have the word of God in you. I want you to be able to correct situations, rebuke, encourage. Some people miss that one, encourage. They like to correct and rebuke people, but they don't like to encourage them you know most of the time if you'll encourage somebody, they'll correct and rebuke theirself? Yeah. <laughs> With great patience and careful instruction do this. What? This is extreme. This is what God's putting that word. Why does he want you to be faithful? Why, why do all these things that Brother Moore taught from Monday through Friday, what's their bearing? Is it just so your life can go better? No. God's extreme and He wants extreme action in your life so that you can act extreme. And, and when you have the word in season and out of season, you're a danger to the devil every day that you step foot out of your bed and decide to put your suit on and come to church. Even when your flesh said, oh, i got to put a suit on. <laughs> this is what God wants from us. This is is what he's looking for when when he's teaching us his extremism. He said, I want these things to be always your ways. Look at 1 Peter, and we'll close with this. 1 Peter 3. I'm going to read Hebrews 10, 23 while you go to 1 Peter 3. It says in the NIV, it says, Let us hold unswervingly there's if you look at the words in the bible that, that god writes they're all extreme in other words you can't turn to the right or left unswervingly i want you to do this unswervingly so let us hold unswervingly this is the niv to the hope that we profess you know a lot of people they they got this kind of hope that oh, i sure hope this happens yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think do you reckon that the same way we say i sure hope i'm saved no, no, we ain't hoping we're saved. We're saved because we're hoping. Right? You're saved by hope. It's in the Bible. Right? Grace by faith, but it also says you're saved by hope. It's in Romans. Look it up. I don't have time. It's right there. <laughs> First Peter says, But in your hearts, verse 15, but in your hearts, set apart, sanctify, right? Set apart Christ as Lord. In other words, I want you to be extreme. This is an extreme thing I want you to do. In your heart, at all times, at every moment of your life, I want Jesus Christ to be your Lord. And that, that's not just somebody that says, Jesus Christ is my Lord. That's somebody that's doing what Jesus Christ asked. And that's what he's saying, he's saying saying, to make this whole verse work, this first part, this first sentence has to be true. But in your hearts set apart apart Christ as Lord, and you could even put a so that, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But what do you have to do? You have to be extreme. You won't have an extreme answer if you don't have an extreme God that you've made Lord of your life. When, when we choose to make God, Jesus Christ, Lord of our life, and we set him apart. And, and you know, people made... We were standing, I was standing out there talking to Ben when we were parking cars. And, and it was right when people started coming in. And some pastors, they come in early and they, and they drive forever to get here from Minnesota. Now, Iowa threw corn like crazy the, both of them they must have saw enough corn for the for the nations that's extreme love for god and the things of god and though when you make that extreme effort then god gives you extremely good things and that's what everybody received, everybody that made the effort to come to the meetings and to hear from God. Those are things that God will honor and you'll receive on a level that you wouldn't have received otherwise. If you make an effort to do something because you know it pleases God, right? First of all, you did it in faith because you know it pleases God. Amen? Then in doing that, you, you get the benefits of the extreme God, and you become the extreme child. You are an extreme child of the extreme Father of the universe. And, and you have set Christ apart in your heart. He is your number one. He is first. You're not seeking anything else first. We're putting Him first in everything we do. When we walk out to church, He'll still be first. We don't have to have Dave call us every five minutes and say, hey, putting God first. Who need to know, are you putting God first? Seems like you're a little lukewarm right now. Hey, you're cooling off. Watch it, watch it. Get back on the stove. If you keep the Word of God in you, you'll be on fire all the time. Why? Because something new will be coming up in you all the time. I went to bed last night, and I'm like, I don't really have a great message. And so, I mean, <laughs> if my flesh said that, I'm not, it probably would have been great. But the Word of God kept coming, going over in my soul, yeah. in my spirit. All night long, I'd wake up, and Alexa was sitting there. I said, Alexa, remind me of this. Alexa, remind me of this. my wife. woke my wife up. <laughs> she, she reminded me at 7 a.m. this morning. I was already up at 6, but she was an hour late. <laughs> but but the Word of God was still going over in my spirit. I was still learning. I was still moving in into what he wanted for today. Why? Because he's extreme. He doesn't sleep. Well, I hope he doesn't ask us to be that extreme. <laughs> oh, I just got lukewarm. Cool. Feeling cool off? I was sweating and all of a sudden I wasn't. <laughs> but in your hearts, set Jesus Christ apart as Lord. Always. How often? Always. Always. Stand to your feet. Always. Be prepared. Be prepared to help somebody in need. Always. Be prepared to show somebody the goodness of God. Always be prepared with with physical goods. Always be prepared with a spiritual answer. Always be prepared in every situation to give somebody an answer for the hope that lies within you. And you know a lot of people say, well, what if they're not asking? Have the answer. Have the answer. Always be bearing fruit. That's what what Jesus said in John, that we would bear fruit and we would bear fruit that remains. Right? Remember the fig tree? He went to the fig tree, looked like it should have had fruit on it, didn't have fruit. He said, die. That's not what he said, is it? He said, no man eat fruit of you again. What did he do? He took away its purpose. He took away its purpose. A Christian has a purpose. It's to bear fruit, and fruit that remains. And when we quit bearing fruit, when when we quit having fruit that others can come to us and seek the goodness of God and look for an answer for the hope that lies within us, because we can say, oh... Oh, you don't know how good God's been. I missed it. He forgave me. He brought me back in. Put a robe and a ring on my... And, and, and said, you're my son. You've always been my son. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That's the God I serve. He's so extreme. You want to know Him. And somebody that has no hope says, you mean He'd even take me? He'd even take me? Yeah, even you. Even you. But I've missed it so many times. I, I, I ran away from church. I've done this. I've done... Even you. Because we're all even somebody at some point in our life. And if we have an answer for the hope, the earnest expectation of goodness that lies within us, that faith in God's extreme love for his people then we'll always have that fire not just a flame of fire and we'll always oh man, all somebody will have to do is get something too close to us and that fire will take off even harder and we'll have more we might even have to we might even have to dim it down a little bit so they can handle us but we want to fan that flame we want to fan it today we want to fan it when we walk out of here how many people have ever had a big fire? Did you have to keep putting wood on it? Did you have to keep working with it? And, and I mean, I used to play in the fire. My dad And so he would say, stop playing in the fire, son. And I won't tell you why he said stop, but you guys know. <laughs> Thank God he wasn't true. <laughs> but you know what I was doing? I was trying to get it to burn hotter, higher. I was putting wood on it and, and, and put, pushing the coals in. And, and I was just trying to make a bigger fire because kids like to play the fire. But now it's not because we just like to. It's because we know our Father wants the biggest fire in us that we can ever have. And we want to take this word that we've heard this week. If you weren't here and you didn't hear it, it's available online. It's available here. Get it. Because it's important. God took his... I want to say God took his time. He's timeless. But he took effort to spend time with Brother Moore and say, you need to do this again. My people didn't get it. And it's important to me that they do. Why? Because it's extreme. It's extreme. And they're people of intensity. And sometimes I'm still not going to like that, but in my heart I'm going to love it because I know it's true and I know it's right because God is a God of intensity. Amen? Amen. You guys got a song? I love you, Lord, with all my heart. With all my soul,
1: with all my mind, with all my strength. I will love you, Lord, with all my heart, with all my soul.